Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 288 of We Podcast and We Know Things 12 More to the Big 300. My name is Greg Hahn. Alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. The NBA draft may be happening now, but the pod must go on. Yeah, I have it on in the background. The San Antonio Spurs are about to make their selection. I don't even know what pick they are. I didn't even remember the draft was tonight. I'm hoping for some crazy Sixers trades, but I don't know. They pick, I think, 23, I want yep. to say. Yep, Jordan's so. number. Ah, there we go. We're going to trade for Jordan. Oh, my God. You've heard it first. Dude, if, if we get someone bringing a quarter of his talent, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, well, then just draft me. I mean, psh, I can Come shoot. On. <laughs> no one, no one can warm a bench like my friend. Yo, I wore Etnies. I wore Etnies to basketball games. I played actual basketball in Etnies. Everybody, that is a true story. Leather Etnies, by the way. Um, big heavy skate shoes in seventh grade. But you know, I was on the eighth grade team. So fuck off. You're all jealous. That's it for me. They needed people for the bench. So there's that. Uh, Two eighty eight. Here we go. 12 more to episode 300. We're going to recap all of the week's nerdy news. We're going to start with our picks of the week. We're going to go to trivia. We're 13 to 13. Wild rides, ladies and gentlemen. Wild rides. Our game is to 11. Win by two. And it's 13, 13. We'll start in TV tonight where Game of Thrones has some huge news. And J- uh, George R.R. R. Martin is involved in the project. So yet another reason we're never, ever Ever getting book six. Uh, Trigun is coming back. Obi-Wan is done. It's just a crazy world we live in right now. And we're here to report on that. We're also, uh, because of the Game of Thrones news, our top three for the week is going to be around spinoffs. So we're very, very excited for you to hear that one. I'm really excited for Sam's answers because this was like up to our imaginations. So I'm real. I love when we get to explore that side. Sam will take over in gaming where I will talk about Mario Strikers Battle League, my impressions of it now that I've had it in my hands for a week and have able to dabble a little bit. So I want to give my impressions of that. Some Tony Hawk's pro skater news, but it's not good. And then I'll take back over in movies for our sole story about Bob Odenkirk and the movie Nobody. I can't wait to get into that before Sam brings us home with his weekly WADA. Sam, let's start where we customarily do our picks of the week. I finally had time to watch this. This is on Netflix. It is a movie. You saw it. You were right. Hustle. Say it, baby. Yeah. Yep. I, I, dude, I I had no doubt. Like even when I separate, it's it's about the Sixers. They shot most of it in Philadelphia. Well, they make the Stanley. Sixers out to the bad guys, though. I mean, well, at least, uh, the, owner, uh, at least okay. the ownership group, dude. Oh, I I have to say, Ben Foster. No one plays a bad guy like him. Vince Merrick, Ben Foster, he always plays a prick, and he's so good at it. And I was like, yep, I I don't know. I I just got sucked in. Usually, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big fan of Queen Latifah, but I thought she was okay in this role. I thought she was okay. She didn't do nothing to me. It's good to see Robert Duvall still kind of acting. He had a small little part. He's 91 years old. Just always good to see the legend pop up in movies. And how about Anthony Edwards? Well, Ant Man kind of being the antagonist and shit. I, 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 I didn't know that he was. He actually had like a, I thought he might have had like a little cameo, like what, what Maxi or you know, uh, you know Tyrese had. But he he was you know had actually had some screen time and uh, you know get to see Tobias them have that little one on one in the streets. You know, 
near the end of the movie, I thought that was kind of great. And, you know, the story, you know, it, it, it's about, uh, you know, Adam Sandler, he's a scout for the, basically the Sixers, finds a guy in Spain, and basically Ben Foster's character is like, no, we don't want him, and he's just trying to prepare him to get him ready for the NBA draft. And, you know, takes a couple twists and turns, but I, I, I really liked how it kind of ended. You know, a nice little twist there, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's good to see it's not just us of Philadelphia. Like, it's the whole, the, everyone else around the world seems to enjoy it too. Adam Sandler, again, which no, it's known that he loves basketball, still plays with the, you know, he always in pickup games here and there. But again, this is a little under two hours, produced by LeBron James and Adam Sandler, I definitely think this is worth your time. Even if you're not even a huge sports person, I still feel like there's still enough in this story. Yeah, it's, you might have some you know cheesy scenes here and there, but you know, like any other movie, no movie's perfect. If you have time, it's on Netflix. Check it out. It's called Hustle. Uh, yeah. So speaking of hustle, you know how you hustle, you run. And my pick of the week is all about running, baby. Hot Mulligan is back with one mm. of their best songs. I've ever heard. And not only do I think that the critics say it too, this is their best song potentially they've ever put out and it just hits all the right notes. It's called drink milk and run. So it just kind of goes with the hustle theme for our picks of the week. I've for long spoken of my love for hot mulligan and they haven't released a record since the pandemic began actually right before the pandemic began. They had an EP drop in 2021, couple good songs on it. Wasn't my favorite of the year. Wasn't going to make the end of the list. Two out of five, I think, really stuck with me. The other three, they were okay. But when they dropped this single, they gave it three weeks of marketing. Usually people say, we got a single coming out like tomorrow or next week. No, they wanted us to know about this song, and it did not disappoint. It's got a really funny video about a wedding, this, that, and the other. But it is so absolutely amazing. Um, it's... It's vintage, upbeat, hot mulligan, but has some things in it that I never thought I'd heard from this band. Uh, I, I just, I love it. It's got some vulgar language, so if you got the kiddos around, don't. There's a lot of, like, Tade's vintage kind of scream singing. Um, so, again, not for the kids, not for the faint of heart, but hot mulligan, drink milk and run is... Man, if they drop a whole album this year, I'm just going to go absolutely gaga for it, because this song is... A fucking banger. There's really nothing else I can say about it. You've heard me gush about Hot Mulligan before. I give out music picks of the week. You all have to listen. So type in Hot Mulligan, drink milk and run into YouTube, Spotify or whatever. Sit back for two and a half minutes and thank me later. Sam, let's hit our trivia. 13 to 13. I'm going to give you the question first. Pretty easy one this week if I do say so myself. April O'Neil works for Channel Blank News. Oh, shit. I think I got it, but I want to be safe. I'm going to hit the answers. 3, 6, 10, 12. Okay, it's either 3 or 10. 3 or 10. I'm going to go channel 3. It's channel 6. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was awesome. <laughs> you said 3 or 10. I was like, ooh, shit. I was like, 3 or 10, perfect. Sucker. <laughs> All right, you bastard. Good question. <laughs> What album was Adam Sandler's? Wait, what album was Adam Sandler nominated for a Grammy? The Christmas album. Um, it's probably the one with uh, 
What's the face that? Oh my god. The 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 one with is it the one with the, the Hanukkah song on it? Uh, I don't know the names of his records, so I'm gonna need the answers just based on that. I couldn't tell you a single. I I couldn't even guess. So okay, e- e- either could I? Okay, so here you go. Ready? Yeah. A. They're all gonna laugh at you. B. Shh. Don't tell. C. What's your name? Or D. What the hell happened to me? Did any of those come out in the late nineties? I I, <laughs> I I think all of them. That one, the one that did. Uh, you're saying it's the only one or the first one, or what was the actual question again? It was the only one that it was not. It says, what album was Adam Seller nominated for a Grammy? Gotcha. Um, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. You have 25% chance, my friend. Take a stab. I don't remember the names of any of the things you said. So the first one, A. A, you are correct. They're all going to yeah. laugh at you. Well, you should. what you should have done, what you should have done was... Uh, Said what I do, be like, say it again. What was it again? And I would have had to have come up. A was I don't even know what it was. What was it called? A. They're gonna laugh at you. I'm gonna take a quarter point. I don't deserve a half a point. I didn't know the answer. It was a guess. No, I didn't even remember the name of the thing. Give me questions. I don't know that you asked me that. I, I get questions right, and I get lucky and get it. But it's the name of the game, my the, friend. I didn't know the answer. The name of the answer, dude. I didn't. Um, I didn't know any of them either. That's why I asked you. I was like, maybe he. You know, I know we know. We both like Adam Sandler, but I don't like I didn't like love him like that. I didn't know not one title. I just Googled it to to get the name of it just now. And it came up that the, he has a record called Stan and Judy's Kid, which was also nominated for a Grammy. So he has multiple, it looks like. Oh, just so oh. you know, Stan and Judy's Kid is the fourth studio album. It was released in 2000 and it was nominated for the Grammy Award for Best Spoken Comedy Album. Oh. Oh well, well regardless, you got it right, so it still counts. It has the Hanukkah song part two on it, so I bet you the one that was the first Grammy had the Hanukkah song part one. I still I don't think, remember the name of it. Yeah, they're all gonna laugh at you. That was the first one. They're all gonna laugh at you. There you go. And if that has the Hanukkah song, that that was my guess. Is just whatever one had the Hanukkah song on it. So that's thirteen point two five. I'm kidding. Thirteen point five to thirteen. Okay, I guess we'll take. Or no, did you get it right or wrong? No, I got mine wrong. All right, 13.5 to 13. Let's start in TV here. Uh, the a nice, crisp 11-minute mark of the show. We're already behind where we wanted to be. A Jon Snow-themed Game of Thrones spinoff, a sequel series more specifically, is in development at HBO with Kit Harington set to return. I, I mean, the, the I feel like he never really got his like ending there. Like, he went on a boat and was like, I'm going away. I, I I guess I do like that it was his idea that he kind of brought it to everyone, like I guess to their table. But it's like including already, George R. R. Including George R. R. Yeah. They're already working on what the Hedge Knight, the Sneeze, the the Sea Snake, Ten Thousand Ships. We have the other show, House of Dragons, starting in two months. There's no way all these shows are. Well, going to be well, well, to be fair though, to be fair, some of those that you named are animated. They're having that whole animated series of shows that are coming to like HBO Max exclusively. So I wouldn't be shocked because that doesn't take up a ton well, of production. Well, the quote no I have action. 
The quote from George R. R. Martin is, I am involved just as I am with the Hedge Knight and the Sea Snake and Tent Eldships and all the animated shows. So I took that as, oh, there are three live actions and he's still working on the animated shows and he's going to be on Kids Show. And he's still got book six coming out. These books, that's like 2029. (laughs) He ain't making 2029, Jesus. So Kit came, like you said, Kit came to the table with this. He wants to do it. It is a sequel series. So like there's good and there's bad, man. The good is, all right, we like Kit Harrington, uh, you know, enough. He's not the greatest in the world, but we like him enough. Jon Snow is a good enough character. Um, there was some weird decisions made at the end of that series, as we have said a billion times on this podcast before. So it makes sense for him to get his just desserts. But if it takes place as a sequel series and they take the canon of that and it's Kit Harrington, so it's not going to be like this rapidly aged Jon Snow. It's going to be pretty close to the ending of season eight. That means the shit that happened in season eight still happened. And that yeah. still sucks. Yeah, uh, dude, you, you can't just wash away that whole season. There's nothing they could do. It's out. We saw it. We have to live. We have, you know, we're, we're in that world now. But they continue the story. You could still bring back familiar faces. You could still see what Arya Stark's doing, what Sans is doing. Uh, maybe we're going to see, you know, the, the dra- dragoon or the dragon. We're going to see him again. Like, I, I don't know where they're going to go, who the hell they're going to bring on the show. Like, I'm, I'm still invested. We still have eight years invested in Game of Thrones. So to mm-hmm. kind of, to get continued, like you said, John Snow, he's he's good enough. He's a cool enough character, <clears throat> and I liked him enough as you know uh, as an actor. Enough that I would at least check out the pilot, give the show a shot. Because like I have eight, eight years of show. Did I love all eight years? No. Did I love maybe five out of them eight years? Yeah. Yes, that's would, me too. That's where I'm I at. Yep. So I think I'm, I'm. I look at his poker. I'm still pot committed. I yep. have to give the first couple episodes a shot. It's still a top ten TV show of all time for me. You know, I'm not going to let the ending completely sour yeah, the you, other. You, you can't really good times. The, the, red, the red wedding is still one of the best episodes of television have, ever. Absolutely, ever. Yeah, I would agree with that. And but like my worry is like, you know, thank goodness, you know, Weiss and Bennyhoff probably won't have their myths anywhere near this, which is nice. It can be done with reverence. It can be done the right way. And I appreciate that. But where I am petrified is if they lean too hard in on other characters making comebacks and you're going to hate you're going to hate that I'm going to say this. And I already know that. And that's okay. As much as we still kind of enjoyed it and you maybe a little bit more than me, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. We didn't need new blood. We didn't need it. We got it, but we didn't need it. I don't know. Like, I, I, I kind of needed it. I don't know. I, I think a lot years I, later, it was kind of done eight years. If it was like two years after and was still fresh nope. in our minds. Okay. Nope. Like family guy, when family guy got resurrected, when Futurama got resurrected. No, I, I'm, I was, pro- I needed it. I, no, I didn't get, I, didn't, I, I don't think we under- needed the comedy central run of Futurama. I, even though it may not all have been, have been great. There's definitely been lines where I know I laughed out loud. And well, the last the episode was also very, very good. The last episode of the new true. run. And, and even run. the new 20 episodes that we're going to get, I'm going to watch all 20. Oh God, I forgot about those. The Hulu ones, right? Yeah. I'm, I don't even have Hulu, but I'll, I'll get a free trial. <laughs> I'll figure out my way to get it. Um, I don't know. I, as you know, I don't know if Dexter Newblood did as much good for the overall series of Dexter as we think it did because it had another ending. I feel like um, I'll, I'll this take, show. I will take New Blood over season eight all day. 
I don't the last disagree. I don't disagree at all. That's not really that's not what I'm trying to drive at. I guess what I'm trying to drive at is New Blood was fun for to an extent, at least to me. And I think like it may have opened old wounds and then didn't reseal them because I just left ultimately defeated at that finale. You might have liked it more than I did. I can't stand it. I'm still waiting for Batista to show up. I I just feel if they rely too heavily on bringing back some characters like Arya, like Sansa, uh, like Bran, who is the fucking king, I'd imagine he'll make it a point like somewhere. Do we really need that fan service or what story is this going to tell? What can Jon Snow do that's going to be more important than facing down and ultimately killing the queen, uh, the Khaleesi? And also fighting off a dragon while the White Walkers tried to overthrow their kingdom. Like he had two of the biggest battles and then the Battle of the Bastards and all these giant set pieces that he's been through. What the hell is he going to do in this solo sequel series after living through all of that that we can possibly say, yes, that was necessary. I mean, we like Go ahead. I was I'd like to think he came up with a decent idea that he went up to George R himself his team, you know, just to be enough to work with the creator of the show, just to get his attention, like just to meet you. So to me, like the idea had to be good to even think, like we said, the take the meeting. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes. He's so fucking yes. busy. So I get that. And meeting, I don't know. I get that. And, and George R.R. said that it was good stuff and that he really liked what the team brought. And so like there's faith there. I still believe George R.R. Martin has a great mind because we saw how fantastic the show was when it followed his books as opposed to when they were done and caught up and they tried to go their own direction. We saw that. Where I'm concerned is more of how much fan service and force-fed shit are we going to get or are we going to get a brand new Jon Snow story that doesn't involve anything else? Like At least New Blood had the balls for the most part to stay away from Miami. If they never brought yeah. Batista in, I'd have liked it more because, again, that plot hole of him saying I'll be there and then just never showing up has bothered me and will bother me to no end unless he shows up in the pilot to a Harrison spinoff and catches him on the road or something. Like, I'm still waiting for that and how you could miss something that obvious. So the other than that, though, there were really no characters from Miami. Which I liked. Yeah. And if this show can do that, maybe he goes away from King's Landing and Westeros. Maybe he goes to Essex or whatever they call South. I can't remember. Or maybe he goes north of the wall. I don't know. But if he stays away from Game of Thrones proper and lets that just be its dead, rested, eight season self and goes on this new journey with new characters, I'm in. I personally don't want to see Maisie Williams, who, by the way, is four years older now and 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 Sansa who is for like I don't need that I just want a new thing and I'd be okay with that no matter what to your point I'm gonna give it a try yeah I mean, I mean again we're pot committed we have to and you said I think it will be mostly new cast but I will not be surprised when the cameos come here and there they hit they're, they're, they're always gonna do it and I would do it as well so I, I think if we're gonna get one it'll be brand because he's literally the king and like they're they they could weave in a storyline there. Plus, Bran didn't have too too much screen time. He wasn't a mainstay in the first eight seasons, and all of a sudden he's king for whatever reason. But I could deal with Bran. Like Arya had her thing. She killed the goddamn Night King. I'm good there. 
Sansa got her freedom, got what she wanted out of it. I'm good there. Those stories are told. I don't have problems with those stories. So, all right. Let, I think we've beaten this horse enough. Yeah. Like, it'll be okay. We'll give it a shot. And when it does eventually hit in probably 2024, 2025, if we're still lucky enough to be doing this show, we'll talk about it. If we're not, eh, we'll come back and do a reunion episode. But uh, <laughs> let's talk about our top three. I had teased it at the top of the show. We're going to do uh, something along the lines of spinoffs. We used our imagination. And we went into the annals of our television history and we thought, what side characters from TV shows would make really good spinoffs? So this is a list I cannot wait for. Sam, hit us with your number three. <laughs> I, I, I have a little fun with this list, but my yeah, number three, I went with Zach Brannigan <laughs> from Futurama. If, again, you know, I, I thought of you. Know, I thought a couple of wacky. I just did. Who, who was a character that really stood out to me that wasn't in like many, like too many episodes, but that always stood out. And Zap Browning was one that always came up. Billy West, of course, just plays this egotistical pervert. You know, this guy, he thinks it knows it all. That shit don't stink. I, I think a show around him and Kiff. You know, on their crazy adventures, I would be totally down for that. Of course, I mean, I'm glad we're getting Futurama, the 20 episodes, like we said earlier. But to get a little spinoff with a little bit more Zap and GIF, sign me up. I don't think you could have started this list off with anything better. <laughs> I think that is the, it's perfect. <laughs> I can't. I, I, I feel ashamed that I'm about to name my number three because I can't <laughs> top that. That's really good. Um, and I didn't even think of it. At all. That never crossed my mind. So A plus kudos to you. Mine, you've never seen the show. Uh, so uh, for my number three, you won't connect with this one. You know my two and my one. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if my one is somehow on your list as well. But my number three is from Ted Lasso. Uh, Roy Kent, who is the character that just steals the show. Everybody loves Roy Kent. Brett Goldstein just destroys the role. He's the funniest character in the show. Hands down, everything he says is a stitch. I've got AIDS, uh, but like he, uh, for those who don't know without any spoilers whatsoever, he is like the captain of the team that Ted Lasso plays or coaches for, but he's on the very last legs of his career. He's broken down. He was once a great player, one of the greatest in the, uh, in all of England in the uh, English premier league, but because he's so old and his body's so broken down, he's got a ton of injuries. He's just not the same player. And his story kind of goes from there and unfolds through the two seasons, especially over season two. Love that arc. Probably my favorite arc of season two. But I would love a, a prequel series of Roy Kent at his best, at his playing, you know, at, at his uh, at his, the height of his career in the locker room, kind of like Shorzy that, that just happened with Letterkenny. Shorzy was arguably just as good, just as funny as Letterkenny. It won't ever reach that status like Letterkenny did. But same kind of concept. Take one great player from the team, spin it off, make it his story. You know, all the great things he did on the pitch, but using that same energy, absolute vulgar, disgusting mouth. It was it, it would be gold. Print money. Give me a Roy Kent spinoff. Okay. I, I like that. Hopefully one day I'll I'll, I'll know what you'll know, you're talking about. And when you finally watch Ted Lasso, you'll you'll get it why I feel this way. And and it's funny on, on my list. I feel like I could rotate all this. Like I am, these are solid one, two, three picks. Like they could go in any order. Like I believe in them, and I would want them that much. My number two is Lalo Salamanca. I I truly love Tony Dalton in this role. 
I would love again, even though I, I don't, you know, I don't think he's going to make it through better call saw. I mean, if we could get after or before, it doesn't matter. I would love to see his rise of kind of in the, in Dalado's cartel. I would love to see his rise because he's just so clever and, you know, charismatic. And I, I don't know if there, there's something about him that I, he just stands out and he's one of my favorite villains ever on TV show. I wouldn't be surprised if he's, he's in your top three. I, I would love the, again, if, if they want to keep spin off of a character and have it in this breaking bad world, Lalo's the guy I wouldn't mind to see a younger and or continued version. Yeah, I thought about that one. I ultimately left it off because I just don't know how his story currently ends. So and, I don't want to go. To me, far. that's my only gimme. The other two are, are my solid picks. He was my only gimme. Uh, my number two, I would love a sequel prequel, uh, a sequel to Young Misty's storyline from Yellow Jackets. Um, I would love a sequel to her time as soon as she gets rescued from the wilderness and up until we meet her in season one. So that 25 years of absolute what the fuck insanity because she is a crazy SOB. So it's almost like a sequel of her being a child and a prequel of her being an adult. Just that 25 year gap. We don't know what happened to these girls between, you know, when they got back, the ones that did. And we know Misty's one of them. Uh, Christina Ricci kills it as the adult Misty, Sammy Hanratty as young Misty, both fantastic characters. And I just want to explore what that 19 months in the wilderness did to her immediately as she gets back. I don't know if we'll ever get it in the show. That's why it can't be my number one. We still have potential for that in future seasons, but because we don't right now, would love to see it. Okay. I like that. I like that. My number one, I kind of miss being in this world, and I thought this character always stood out to me. It was a character played by Michael Stuthbarg, Arnold Rothstein of Boardwalk Empire. Hmm. Is he he the guy with the facial piece over his eye? No, no, that, that's not. That's a whole other guy. Actually, Arnold Rothstein is based on. It's a real character back in the day. He was one of the guys that basically fixed the 1919 World Series of the White Sox and the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Reds. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was great on the first. The four Black seasons. Sox, right? There was the Black Sox back then. White, it? it was White Sox. White Sox versus the Cincinnati Reds. And I, I would love because again, where it continued, that didn't happen yet. I think that happened like another year or two after the last time we actually. Or, did we see him? Yeah, I don't know if we saw him or not at his final end, but oh no, no, we did shit. I guess it would have been before. It would have been had to be a prequel. Again, so it worked out either way. I would have loved to see how the hell that even came to be to set up something like that that's so world around that you actually fixed the 1919 World Series. He was so great in Boardwalk Empire. I miss that world. I miss all the characters. I would love to go back. Yeah, I gave up after one season, but I thought that one season was absolutely incredible. I really, really did. So, all right. Uh, my number one, it was the first one I thought of. It was. Oh, the, wait, the wait real, real quick. Cause that, that's right. Cause they did show you his, his end in, in, in boardwalk, but I always loved his, his line. Like he got shot. Right. And the cops there, who, who got you? Who, who did it? Quote. He said, you stick to your trade and I'll stick to mine. <laughs> what a, and then he died. What a, died, way, to what a out, way to go. For sure. Arnold um, Rothstein would love you know, this was just a no-brainer, super duper easy. Would love a Stephen Dustin, like Hawkins mm. undercover. Mm. You know, they go around and they solve smaller mysteries around Hawkins together. 
doesn't have to always be the upside down, but those two together, when they're on the screen, just dominate, they steal your attention. They're funny. They have such great chemistry and to see them in like a buddy cop, almost like a whodunit type mystery show, man, sign me all the way up for that. Stranger Things is the only thing keeping Netflix afloat from an original content perspective right now. We need spinoffs in that universe. They're going to happen. The Duffer Brothers pretty much have no choice. So let's start where we all want it, baby. Give me Stevie and Dusty Buns and Hawkins undercover. I'm down for that. Yeah. I love it when when we're able to bring our imaginations out for this one. And then something that you... I never thought, and I don't think your imagination ever thought would happen again, is we're getting Trigon again. Trigon is Trigon. Trigon is coming back, Sam. I know this story is just for you, baby. Yeah, and it's, again, I I would always, I always wanted more. I know we got the movie, I think that came out in uh, 2007. And, you know, it's tough where the original animated series, where it ended, it's tough to really continue kind of with that. I mean, they they probably could come up with something, but like they really told a full story there. Um, I I was happy to get that. But to to see this, to hear this news, uh, I I, I saw Johnny Young Bosch, who was the uh, English voice actor who played Bash the Stampede, kind of say, like, holy crap, this is awesome. Like, he's obviously full support of it. It's called Trigun Stampede coming in 2023. It says in India, the company will also simulcast the anime in North America, Central America, South America, Europe, uh, and Singapore in 2023. It's, I assume, I, I don't know if uh, Yashiro Naito, I don't know if he's going to be involved, the creator of Trigon. I don't see anywhere that he's in there. I just kind of saying that it's based off his stuff. Um, but no, no matter what, I'm going to give it a shot. I don't know if, if I'll, I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll see it. I'll love it. But I, it's funny. I, I was literally watching the first three episodes today just to kind of, you know, whip my beak a little bit. It's been, it's been a little bit. But I, I would love if they kind of kept Johnny Young Bosch's bash. But I get it if they don't and they want to start something new. But regardless, I, I assume it'll be probably a little bit longer if I want to wait for it to be English. I don't know if that'll be 2023 or if it, you know, if I have to wait till at least 2024, but regardless, I'm hype. I cannot wait to see this. Show me a trailer, please. Yeah. It makes me want to go back and, and watch again. I, I tried so many times, but I think I'll, I think I'll like get through it this time. Cause it's only 20 something episodes to go back and watch the original run. I think I'm going to do it closer to when this comes to America, just because it'll be fresher in my mind and I'll be able to kind of transition from one to the other. But I have a sneaky suspicion that I will definitely have Trigun finished before this show airs in the in the United States in English. Now, and if they said, "Hey, we're only doing a du- uh, a subbed version, English subbed and not a dub," would that matter to you? Or are you really on the because no, you know I obviously mean, Johnny Young Bosch and all that? But like, do you need a dub, or would you be happy with just a sub? I mean, of course, I'd rather you know. Again, when you're when you're reading subtitles, it, it takes that a little bit because your attention's drawn away from what's being shown on screen. Um, but if they say like, well, it won't come out for English for five years. Okay. If they say some shit like that. Okay. Of course I'll watch it. But if they're like, Hey, wait a few more months. going to be on English. No problem. I, I can wait. Like I, you know how long I waited for Dragon Ball Z super and I waited and that, that didn't even bother me too much, but regardless, you know, the original, the original 26 episodes started in Japan in 1998. So I feel like it's been a long enough time to kind of reboot the series, you know, Trigon's, um, it's it's one. I would say it's to me. It's one of my. It's my favorite anime. And it's, I would say it's probably on 
most people's, I would say at least top 25 animes, just to be safe. Like it's, I think it's somewhere up there and it's something that if you haven't checked out, you missed a boat. We were lucky enough to watch it on uh, Adult Swim back in the day. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's definitely worth the watch. That's where I got introduced to Yu Yu. I knew of it because of that. Yeah. And then you brought over the DVD set and we sat in my basement in Parkwood and binged the tournament arc without seeing anything else. You made me watch it. I fell asleep multiple times. Yeah. You kept waking me up. You kept saying you got to watch it. And I'm lucky and happy that I stood through it. And so I'll do the same for Trigun. I promise uh, that will be. I hope. Thing. I hope, my friend. Uh, our last thing, and this is all you again, because I have not finished episode two yet. Um, let me know what you thought. Obi-Wan Kenobi is done. It's over. We might get a second season. Who knows? The door is not shut on that, but this incredibly long awaited series anticipated for years, just like that. It's over. And now we can reflect back on it. Was it worth it? What'd you think? I mean, again, everyone, we love you McGregor as Obi-Wan. Like, no matter what story was told, just to see him come back as the role, it's worth it. You know, like, I, when you think of the prequels, like, you think Obi-Wan, he was definitely one of my favorite parts. Yes, I I, I would agree. It, it was great to see him back. I thought he played his, you know, he, he was perfect. I was, I never had a doubt in him. Um, being six episodes, um, we, we said from the beginning, there, there's stuff here that I can't forgive. I, I can't forgive the lay of Chasey. Like that was a joke. That whole her in the so woods good. scene, it was a joke. I I and people could forgive it. Like you could see the final episode, but oh my god, the battle, and then you'll put it on the pedestal and you'll try to forget. No, I I, I can't do that. I, I I can't do it. It it was I would say it's worth watching. The writing you was hit and miss, touch and go. Like, you know, me me and Sean, we went back, you know, every episode back and forth and agreed for for, for most of it. Um some of the action was good, then there's some that was shit. Like, so maybe good, so maybe shit. And it, that's exactly what, what this was here. Um, what the fuck? It, it, it was a boxing guy. I forget what the quote was. Because sometimes it may be good, and sometimes it may be shit. But um, I, I think, I don't know, maybe having the same uh, Deborah Chow, she directed every episode. I think that might have hurt it a little bit. What, just I, having the same person? The same, you don't yeah, mean, or you mean just the same set? Yeah, the same person. Like, I, I like the rotation, getting different ideas, having just this one set piece. I don't know. I, I think that might have hurt the show a little bit. Obviously, the writing. Um, Reva character, again, She, I guess she had okay moments, but a lot of her, her stuff I would have cut. Like, her parkour scenes, we didn't need it. Um, st- her storyline at the end, I, I, I just... It, it, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, people in this universe can get shish kebobbed and you're fine. I, 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 I'm like, what's going on here? Like, where's the stakes at? You know, like stormtroopers, I, I don't, they're nothing. They might as well be flies. No matter if you're quartered in a room, they still can't hit you. They couldn't hit water off a boat. I mean, every time I see them, like there is no hype level. E- easily the best episode of the series was episode six. Obviously, you know, it's been teased, the big fight scene between Vader and, and, and Obi-Wan. That was awesome. That was all. All I could say is, you know, there's a part where they, they battle. I, I can't even say anymore. All yeah, I don't, say, give, they, don't give I'll any. Ju- it just I'll just aired. say, I'll just say just there's a helmet scene that I like certain colors. I like the action sequences, the way what they did with the voice dialogue. That was probably the best part of the show. There was cameos. Probably again other other great parts of the show. Episode six 
was clearly the best episode. I think I think someone's actually editing it down to like all like six episodes. He's trying to cut it into like a three hour cut, which probably will be better. Like if you like if you cut everything that was shown in like maybe two and a half hours, I truly think that would be better than getting the whole show than what we got because we got a lot of fluff, a lot of shit. I, I, I can't forgive. I think at the end when I was talking to Sean, I was I think about like a seven five eight. Just because I'm thinking about the episode six of Battle where I left off. And after I got to sit sit at it, digest, think about the whole series as a whole, I think I got to knock it down a little bit. There's stuff that I just can't forgive. I think this show is probably like a 6.57 at best. You have some great moments, but then there's other moments it takes you out. Like you almost laugh. I, I, I'm not worried about people saying canon, this and that. Nah, that I, that's, I'm not that into it like that. I'm your casual guy. I, again, I, I enjoyed it. The, the see Vader to when he's using his force, using his powers. This is the Vader that I, I, I guess that when people saw in the originals, that's in, that's what they saw. I didn't see that. This the, you know, seeing this Vader when he's like ripping apart ships and, and using like the force like that. Like to me, that is one of the coolest moments ever to see how strong and powerful Vader is. And I believe it didn't didn't hit for me. Um, a lot of the other cast really didn't hit for me either. I'm not not even going to lie. Except you know, like Joel Edgerton as Owen Lars. He was good. Uh, Jimmy Smith as Bail Argonne. He was great. But I don't know. Kumail, he was good. Hayden Christensen, I just wished. I, I felt he was, he was barely in it. He had maybe two episodes that I feel like he was in. It. You know, uh, again, the, the, so when you, you get some, some scenes from maybe some flashbacks that were awesome, like, there's like two parts, maybe episode. I don't even know if it was episode three and, and six. They're probably my my three, my two favorites. I don't I don't know if it's just maybe I'm we're getting just too much. I don't know if I'm getting too much Star Wars. Like I I don't mean to be this critical, but I I don't know. I I enjoyed it for what it was. If we get a season two, I'll watch it just because of of Ewan McGregor. I like him in the role. He still hits you with his little catchphrasey lines that you'll definitely cheer. The music's on point. Get definitely get you in the feels, but just. At least get to episode six. You'll see the battle. I think that's probably worth the price of admission. But if you're going to get through the whole thing, you're, you're going to have to go through some garbage first. I just blacked out. Some I know. Thank you. Some I'm trying to find it. Somebody put something on Twitter that made me laugh and simultaneously not want to watch Obi-Wan. Um, where is it? It was pretty. I recently. guess it was that bad. It was pretty recent. No, it was just it was just funny. Um, maybe I didn't like it. I'm I'm in my links or not my links. My gosh, I'm in my likes, and it was I'm already down to three days ago. So I don't and, think I like. And it, I will but- say uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who's Ice Cube's son. I actually did like him. I thought he was good. I could see him continuing more in Star Wars, Disney Plus shows, movies. I think his character, you know, can like there's something there with him. Like he was actually good. I I, I truly think. You know, nothing against the actress that played Reva. I just think her parts weren't written right, and it just it just didn't work for me. Uh, I found that Emma Stefanski on Twitter. It's up to thirty three thousand likes. It's really kind of astounding how Disney turned a movie series that defined an entire genre into endless, meaningless, mediocre TV. Mm. It's like okay, okay, I that's okay. definitely a take. That's definitely one way to take it. And like, I get it uh, when you're a Star Wars fan. You're going to go one of two ways with this stuff. You're going to love it because you're getting it and you're getting all this love and 
you know, fan service and all this stuff back into your favorite series, or you're going to hate it because it's not your Star Wars. It's not, da, 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 and you're going to be an overcritical fan. I get it. They're going to go one of two ways. A lot of fan bases are that way. Me being that person who has been super open about not caring about Star Wars very much, it is one of those things where I will eventually get to it. And I yeah. quite frankly don't really care if I get spoiled on Star Wars. It doesn't matter to me because the spoiler is probably something I don't understand nor care about. I don't yeah. know the lore like that. So for me, yeah. this is just a show. I wasn't like on the edge of my seat waiting for it. If you tell me that Darth Maul's coming back, if you tell me that we're getting a spinoff for Qui-Gon Jinn, okay, I'll start to pay attention. I really did like those characters in episode one. Darth Maul is my favorite villain in Star Wars history. So like I'm in there, but I don't really care about this. And I don't, I don't think I ever will. There's really nothing that they can do at this point because I've already said my piece. I'm over this part of the Star Wars timeline in terms of the Skywalker stuff. I'm kind of done. I'm I'm ready to move into to new eras of Star Wars. So to hear that this was knocked down because you only had six episodes and they still found a way to put some filler in there to make it mediocre. That to me, if you gave it a 6.5 or a 7 and and let's be fair, you're the more of the optimist of the two of us. I'm yeah. more of the pessimist. That turns me off. You're yeah. you you generally find the positive in things and for you to yeah. say those things tells me I'm probably not gonna love it. Yeah, no, you're not. I, and I would love to hear your thoughts. I, I, you'd probably, I, I could see you giving it like a solid five. That's and that I think is enough for me. Like I'm not looking yeah. for this to change my world. This isn't. I'm not yeah. looking for this to be Yellow Jackets or you know the Degrassi reboot. Hell, you didn't hear me talk about the Degrassi nope. or the OC in my top nope. three. I was trying. I just couldn't get there, but I was trying. <laughs> Try to bring them back somehow, some way. Thank God yeah. you didn't. Well, uh, you know, hey, to everybody out there that loved it, good for you. To everybody out there that hated it, hey, good for you. It's moving on. We'll see what comes next. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get a season two. Now, I will move on to our little gaming section. We'll start off with the impression. Let's hear what you thought of Mario Strikers Mario Strikers Battle League. Been waiting for a Strikers game since the Wii. Um, I think it was charged on the Wii. So it's been two console generations and like 10 years since we got a, uh, a game, I think maybe even close to 15 and it's got the best box art of any strikers game. Yeah, it's got it, the, is, it is awesome as shit. Yeah, it's got the second best box art of any switch game I can think of. The only better ones, Legends Arceus. And I don't even say that because it's a Pokemon game. I say it because it's badass box art. Um, the inside when you open it, pretty cool. I like the box just in general. The game itself, uh, it's it's probably the best strikers has ever felt and played. And I love that aspect of it, but it's got its ceiling. And that's, I think the problem with a lot of Mario sports games, but especially something like strikers with Madden with NHL or the show. There's a lot of replayability because there are 30 teams to 32 teams of, you know, anywhere from 25 to 53 athletes on a team all with their likenesses, their names, their numbers. And in a Mario game, you get eight, nine, ten characters. So you don't really get that expansive roster for replayability and trading and all of those things that come with real sports sims. And I'm not saying this needs to be a sports sim, but what I am saying is I was hoping for just a little more. And they mm. are delivering free post-launch content like they did for Tennis Aces, like they did for uh, Super Rush. So in like six months to a year, this game's going to be top notch, one of the best. 
but I have a really, really, really strong, strong feeling that I'm going to be over it and on to the next thing by the time that that happens. Eight characters and you have to choose four of them is not a lot. Um, anytime I play it, I pick four. The other team has to pick four. There's always an overlap almost every time. And so I, I think I've played one time where I picked four and the other person picked uh, the other four. It just doesn't happen. So like there's just so much sameness to it. Um, the animations are great. The, the game itself plays spectacularly. It's challenging. It's so much fun. It's rewarding when you score a goal. I love that aspect. I'm just going to be tired of it because there's not a lot to offer. Not a lot of single player. The online is fun. I got my ass whooped. Yeah, I believe like it. eight to two in one game and then like three to three to one. I think in the other game is a pretty good one, but it got away from me late. Um, so the online challenges there from other people, um, you know, adding gear is fine, but like all the fields are lame. They're just this, they're just grass. It's just, it's lame. I was hoping for more environments. I was hoping for more, um, uh, differences in like, in like fields and more characters and I will get it, but it's just not there yet. So while I can recommend it as a Mario sports fan, I can recommend it as a good strikers game, arguably the best playing strikers game ever at $60 as it stands. I really don't know if it has enough content for me to go back to it a month, two months from now. If you're good with paying 60 bucks, playing for three weeks nonstop and kind of having your fill like Mario super like Mario party superstars or something like that. This is by all means go for it. And I do recommend the game. It's just from a content complete standpoint. I'll, I think I'll be happier once all this content comes out. Cause I'm not loving the amount right now. I hate to end the gaming section on a downer, but there was going to be a Tony Hawk's pro skater three and four remake. Until it got canceled by Activision. Yeah. And uh, we we had reported on this show before that Vicarious Visions was broken up and and kind of thrown into Blizzard games to work on like Diablo and Overwatch and stuff like that. League of Legends. Like it's it's as League of World of Warcraft, whatever. World of Warcraft, I think, is the is that one. And so like I'm. I feel for that team, but Tony Hawk on a stream said the plan was to make three, four and the, you know, but Activision scrapped it. So we don't know if that was just in a concept. We don't know if there was active development, but what we do know is it's gone and it ain't coming back. It's not like Microsoft is going to say, Oh, vicarious visions. You're back because there's been so much movement. Some of those people probably left. Other people are probably happy doing blizzard stuff. You can't just reform a team years later. The deal with Microsoft hasn't even gone through yet. So I would consider this one scrapped and gone. We're probably never going to get it. If we do get a Tony Hawk game, probably be a new one, which I won't complain about, but that's probably going to be a far away skate Four, which apparently is just called skate is apparently rumored to be ready to be shown next month. Who knows? So there could be some good skate stuff on the horizon. But Tony Hawk three plus four would be a dream come true. There, you know, Tony Hawk three is is probably the best in the series. Two is the most iconic and my favorite, but I think three might be the best playing one. Um, and I think it was reviewed that uh, three and four were both reviewed great. Uh, PS two yeah. is rated ninety seven out of a hundred on Metacritic. 
Yeah, and four did a thing where they made it bigger. It was kind of more open-y. You could go to different places on bigger maps and go get missions as opposed to the two-minute runs. You could yeah. actually just go do it at your leisure. So totally different gameplay styles. And if we would have had that option in a remake where you, in the same game, could play three with the two-minute runs and four with that more open-y, won't call yep. it open world, but like the open area style, would have been fucking great. Tony Hawk 1 and 2 played amazing. They just w- weren't my favorite skateboarding games because i just preferred something like skater xl but boy yeah. what a dream come true kind of lost huh and, and, and this was said by tony hawk himself on like a yeah. live twitch channel just in case like where you people said where'd you hear it from like it was tony himself yeah hey i won't end the gaming section on a total downer because available right now remember pokemon snap is available on nintendo switch right now hey. the original it just dropped nintendo tweeted about it 20 minutes ago so as you're listening to this, if you're like, well, damn, well, pick up your Switch. If you're subscribed to N64, the NSO expansion pack, go play the original Pokemon Snap. It is brilliant. You will love it, and you can beat it pretty quickly. It's just amazing. Oh, I guess that's a cue for me to take over. Huh? We've got one more story tonight. It is in <laughs> movies. It is in movies. Bob Odenkirk is getting the band back together with the team that did Nobody. And the hashtag at the end of the tweet was hashtag nobody movie. So is it something new or could it be more movies in the nobody universe? And, and, and it makes literally perfect sense. Um, $16 million budget it made almost 60 million. And even from the beginning, they said, you know, possibly ties to John Wick franchise. And even in June, they already said it wasn't greenlit, but they were already working on it. They're uh, 87 North Productions, who's is, um, David uh, Leach, he was a director of the John Wick movies. His production company said that they were already working on it. Who It could have been who you took the picture with on Twitter, that they're basically them scalping out locations, getting ready. Hopefully, Bob's training back up. You know, he did have the, the heart scare, I think, last year. So hopefully everything's good. And he can kind of, you know, he's rested up, trained, because I'm definitely ready for nobody, too, because it was one of your favorite movies of the year. I don't think it hit my list, but it was right there. And I would love a sequel. Sam, bring us home with your weekly wada. Weekly wada this week is um, got the, this and three other games back. I was lucky enough to be selected in wada's uh, beta test of their um, they were beta testing like PS3, PS4, PS5, and a few other systems. And they picked a few people just to test it out. And I was lucky enough to to send a few games off. And the first one I picked was God of War Ascension for the PlayStation Three. Got this at a 9.6, A+, very happy with the grade. This has the uh, the Last of Us demo sticker right on the front. That's so awesome. You got That's this amazing. For the first, uh, first party release, you got the Last of Us demo, which is pretty cool, with the Y-Fold sticker. <clears throat> Again, this was the technically the seventh installment in the God of War series. This was actually a prequel, loosely based on Greek mythology. Where you know Ares tricks him to k- kill his parents and just whole bunch of shit, and you gotta climb your way out and fight Titans. But I don't know. I, I really like God of War three or God of War um, God of War Ascension. Excuse me. IGN gave the critics it seven- didn't right. Yeah. That's well, no, well, I mean it, it was decent. You know, I, I think it was probably eight out of ten in my head. But IGN seven point eight out of ten. GameSpot gave it eight out of ten, and Metacritic gave it an eighty out of a hundred. It's. I would probably say my least favorite, probably God of War 3, I think. 
probably my least favorite, but again, I, I beat them all. But this is what I had to have in the collection. This came out in 2013. Again, your normal hack and slack adventure. You know, me and you've talked about this before that we've always liked Greek mythology. One of the, in history, I actually did actually really good in Mr. Yoon's class freshman year. This game actually takes place 10 years prior to the first God of War. And um, again, this was, it wasn't directed by, uh, what's his name? But this was directed by Todd Papaya. Hope I didn't, hopefully that's right. Um, it's, I'm glad that the, the story continued the God of War. I definitely thank God we did get the reboot because they definitely had to do something. They had to refresh the, the genre of, of this character. And I still want more in this world. I still can't wait to, to get this new game. I'm still waiting for PlayStation to hit me with that next direct because I feel like I need it. I, I need the next God of War game. I beat the Turtles game. We'll talk hopefully more about that game next week. But I'm ready to dive back in. I'm ready to to get my, my Blades of Artemis. And I'm ready to slay some demons. So weekly why this week. God of War Ascension. Sweet. The good stuff, man. Hey, A plus. A plus. Game, game collection, slow and, slow and steady. All right, my friends. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. That was episode 288, did I say? 288, yes, 12 until the big 300, where we have a special surprise. Every guest ever is coming back. Now, uh, it's Super Smash Brothers of We Podcast guests. No, we're still kind of figuring out what to do there, but... Uh, appreciate you all hanging out. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the June 29th Nintendo directs rumors are true. And next episode, we have that for you. I've now heard July 13th and I've come to realize it's all bullshit and we'll just get what we get when we get it. And I'll be happy like the little Nintendo bitch. I am. Thanks everybody for hanging out. We'll see you next week for episode 289. It's finally time for the boys. It's hero gasm.